Hey, this is Pastor Jack Pigeon, and this is Living with Purpose. Uh, myself, along with my wife, Michelle, we pastor West Houston Christian Center here in Houston, Texas. And uh, we would love for you to come and join us for a service if, if you're in the area. Uh, we also offer an online service if you'd like to watch us online, obviously. And uh, we have a great website. We're doing a lot, and uh, we just want to make you aware of it and so that you can, uh, you can come visit however you decide. We are talking about living with purpose. We're talking about thinking with purpose. We're talking about uh, specifically today being spiritually minded versus being carnally minded. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the word. We plead the blood of Jesus, Lord, over us, over this time. Lord, I pray over those that are watching today, Father, that they would be impacted by this message. That, Lord, as you have delivered it to me, that I will deliver it to them. That, Lord, I just thank you, Father, that they will mix their faith with it, that it will prosper them, Lord. So, Father, we plead the blood over this time. We thank you. We've set it apart. And uh, it is going, your word never returns to you void. And we are so very thankful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the things we were talking about last week is I was trying to give just a little bit more definition on being spiritually minded versus being carnally minded. And uh, we were talking about being carnally minded. You know, Paul was saying that when some say I'm of Apollos and some say I am of Paul, then really what we're doing is we're adding division. We're bringing rivalries. We're actually making dissensions in the body. And Paul considered that to be carnally thinking because we're thinking more of ourselves. To be spiritually minded, that means that the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Let me give you a better definition of that. That means the Spirit answers to the Spirit, not the Spirit to the mind. And that's a big, big phrase right there. When I say that I am spiritually minded, that means that the Spirit of God and my spirit are in communication. This is very important. The Spirit of God cannot communicate with our natural mind because they're on two different frequencies. The Spirit is the much higher way. The Spirit was the way that Adam and Eve were created in the garden in God's image. They are as we are. We are spirit beings. Our first go-to default communication with the Father is the Spirit. And that's why when we get born again, our spirit gets born again, and then we now have that open communication again. We're back on the same frequency with God where we can speak, where we can hear from spirit to spirit. And so my mind, it doesn't profit me. You know, Jesus said, and uh, I believe it was John chapter 6, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. And so I want to be a spirit being. We have to recognize that the natural mind cannot understand or receive from the Holy Spirit. And that's a big thing. And I want to take just a little side note, just to encourage you and to almost warn you a little bit. Um, don't let unspiritual people try and teach you spiritual things. Don't let somebody that doesn't read the Bible, know the Bible, is not born again, try and tell you who Jesus really was. Don't let somebody, no matter how many PhDs they have, no matter where they've gone to school, no matter who they studied with, no matter what their credentials are, if they're not born again, don't let that person try and tell you about the things of God because they are foolishness to them. Listen, there are parts of the body that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and there are those that don't. 
I am baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is something that I've been able to do since I was 12 years old when I went down to the altar on a Sunday night at Brazewood Assembly of God with Pastor David Rose. I remember it like it was yesterday. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I would therefore not go to somebody who is not baptized in the Holy Spirit and let them try and teach me about it. They don't understand it. They don't have the revelation of it. So I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to go to someone that doesn't have a revelation of something and try and get their information about it because they're the only thing that they know is that they don't know it. It's the exact same with biblical prosperity, with healing, with those types of things in the Bible. These practices I have put in my life, I have put them in work for almost 30 years. And you know what? They prosper me. When the Bible says that I'm blessed, I believed it. I took God at his word, and guess what? I'm blessed. When the Bible said that I was favored, I took God at his word, and guess what? I've been favored. When God said that he would increase me increase me, and bless me and my family and my children's children, that my offspring would be blessed, guess what? I took God at his word. I put these and I hate to say theories, but they're not theories. I took God at his word. I took his promises and I meditate on them and I apply them to my life. And guess what? They have worked for me over and over and over and over and over. I would not go to somebody who does not believe in prosperity or healing or these other things and let them teach me about things that are working in my life when they're not working in their life. And sometimes we have to be really wise about who we listen to because there's some really, we can learn a lot from a lot of other people. Man, there's so much revelation that I can get from somebody that maybe from another camp we would call it. But you know what? These core things, if something is working for you, why would I want to go get teaching from somebody where it's not? Why would I want to go to somebody when I am spiritually minded and go to somebody who's carnally minded to get more information? That's like George Jetson going to Fred Flintstone on how to fix this car. And if, you, if you're old enough, you'll catch that reference. It doesn't make any sense for me to go backwards to somebody that doesn't have the revelation to try and fix the revelation that I have. And so I want to be spiritually minded. I want God. I want to go spirit to spirit where God's spirit is speaking to my spirit. And that is the epitome of being a spiritual being. Amen. So, moving along, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. This is a great verse, and I've always kind of wondered what this meant, and so I was so happy to get the opportunity to share it a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 says, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Let me read that out of the, trans, uh, the Passion Translation. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things, and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. Now, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, and this really makes the Scripture pop. This is what really made it come alive to me. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things. When he says judges, here's an example. We question, we examine, and we imply. For me to be a spiritual Christian... That means that I question what I'm listening to, I examine what I'm listening to, and then I apply it to my life, what the Holy Spirit reveals. So let me start over in the Amplified 1 Corinthians 2.15. 
But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals. Yet he himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. That is so important. When it says that they're not judged by anybody, that means like I was just trying to, in in my crude way, explain it. If I already have revelation in an area, someone that doesn't have a revelation in that area cannot judge me because they don't have that revelation. If I have a revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which means it goes far beyond just reading words, but I've applied it in my life, I have revelation. This thing is working in my life. Praying in the Holy Spirit, it's a part of who I am. It works. I pray it. I do it. I understand it. Well, then someone who is not not baptized in the Holy Spirit cannot come and judge me because I've already been judged spiritually. Does that make sense? And so I want to make sure that uh, I, I want revelation knowledge. You know, spiritual people hunger after spiritual things. Carnal people hunger after carnal things. There's just no other two ways around it. I hunger for the things of God. I love those opportunities I get to pull aside and sit in my office for a day and just study and pray and ponder and get revelation. Those days are amazing. But you know, I have carnal days. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm lonely. I'm angry. I'm in traffic. I need more money. You know, I got cut off. I'm, I'm, you know, all these things. And so my emotions get kicked in. And so I have to balance thinking spiritually and thinking carnally, wanting ultimately, to be spiritually minded all the way through. Let me give you some examples of carnally minded and spiritually minded. Uh, Let's look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. And we'll see if we have time. This is 1 Samuel 24, and this is verses 1 through 22. And uh, let me paraphrase this for you, okay? Everybody knows the story of King David and, um, you know, King David, he gets anointed king. Um, He's feeding his father's few sheep. Uh, Saul has already been made king. Um, David comes, brings some supplies to his brothers during uh, an attack of the Philistines. That's where he meets Goliath. David slays Goliath. Um, David becomes an armor bearer, becomes really, really tight with Saul and with his family. Um, the Bible says over and over that David behaved wisely and wherever he went, he always was prospering. Whenever David did what Saul commanded him to do, David prospered because God was with him. He was submitted to him. Well, all of a sudden, um, people started attributing more to David than to Saul and Saul because he was carnally minded because now this was affecting his pride. This was affecting his ego. He decides I got to get rid of David. And so you go through this whole dissertation where Saul is trying to kill David and, you know, he's hunting for him and David goes into the wilderness and he draws all these people to himself. And, you know, he's beginning to train his mighty men. And the Bible in 1 Samuel is all about Saul trying to find David. Well, there's this opportunity. David and his men are hiding in a cave. Saul comes in and uh, the Bible says to take care of his business. And all of a sudden... All of David's men are like, David, this is God. Look what he's done today. He has delivered your enemy into your hand. This is good. This is God. It looks good. It feels good. It sounds good, David. This is what you got to do. So David slips up and he just cuts off a little corner of Saul's robe. But yet David, because he was spiritually minded, 
he wasn't looking at Saul as the king, but he was looking at Saul as anointed from God. He, this, is, this is huge because David, the only thing David was guilty of was doing what Saul asked him to do. David was not seditious. David did not want the kingdom. David didn't ask for the kingdom. David didn't do anything. The Bible says that he behaved himself wisely. And so now all of a sudden, David has this opportunity and everybody, it looked good. This was a great opportunity. How could this not be God? You know, we miss it so many times when we're carnally minded, when we look at not what the Spirit is saying, but we look at all the coincidences or we look at all the circumstances that just happen to line up. Satan can work through circumstance. Satan can work through natural things to prepare or to, to give you an opportunity that doesn't mean it's from God. David could have right then, he could have taken the kingdom in one blow, he could have killed Saul. But see, here's what spiritually minded people do. They're able to look beyond their own choices, look beyond their own decisions, and see how this could have affected him as a king. David did not want that blood in his bloodline because the seed that he sowed in killing him, now he could have sowed the seed for someone coming and killing him when he was king. And David, because he was spiritually minded, he did not see Saul as a man, but he saw him as anointed of God. And so we have to be really wise about what we say against men and women of God. We need to be wise. We don't want to be critical. We don't want to joke at their expense. These are people that God has put in place. And I want to be wise. I want to respect them. I want to honor them. And I do that with my words. Amen. We don't cut them down like they, what they wanted David to do. We build them up. So let me give you one more example as we are closing today. You know, in the very next chapter, you have the story of a man named Nabal. And Nabal was a, a, a rancher. He had sheep, but he was an evil man. He was a cruel man. And he had this wonderful wife named Abigail who was beautiful, but yet walked in understanding. Long story short, David had performed some security service for Nabal, and David's men came for payment. Nabal wouldn't give it to him. Who's David? Really kind of made these men feel bad. They go back and tell David. David, everybody gets up. They get their gear. They get their swords. They get their spears. We are going to go down in judgment. We are going to take care of Nabal. Well, Abigail, being spiritually minded, Nabal's wife, she intercedes. She gets in between David and Nabal. And through her um, words and through her wisdom, she persuades David not to have this on his record because even she knew he was going to be king and to not have this thing with Nabal as this blot on what would at that time was a good record. Here's a real characteristic of a spiritual person. David listened to instruction and he listened to correction. Spiritually minded people will listen to instruction. Now, Ultimately, Nabal dies at the end when, when, when Abigail tells him what was coming against him. He basically has a heart attack, and a few days later, he dies. Abigail marries David, and they go on and, and live happily ever after, quote-unquote. We have to be wise and, and just check ourselves. Are the decisions that I'm making today, are they towards the flesh or are they towards the spirit? Am I leading people towards the flesh or am I leading them towards the spirit? Amen. Well, once again, we're out of time. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Share this video, like this video, subscribe to our, our page. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. West Houston Christian Center, we are here to be a blessing to you. Jesus is Lord, and we'll see you soon. So 
in the pastor's teaching, he was talking about how we have a tendency to to follow people like, oh, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, and and we we still do that today. We we kind of use we name drop celebrities, mm. you know, whether they be you know uh, Christian celebrities or secular celebrities. But um, one thing that struck me about that you know that story where Paul's trying to tell them, hey, you know, it's not about separating and creating division, but about unity. Mm. Maybe think about the story about Aquila and Priscilla. Um, long story short, these guys are tent makers, but they're also strong Christians. They meet Paul, and they meet this guy named Apollos. And the Bible says that he was kind of famous. Like, he was well-known, well-thought-of. He really knew the Scriptures well. He taught enthusiastically in the church and all this. But then after one of his teachings, Aquila and Priscilla, who made tents for a living, keep that in mind, they pull him aside to teach him the word of God more, more thoroughly, more adequately, it says. Yeah. And you think, um, in today's society, if you're kind of a big name and some nobody comes up and says, I'd like to share something else yeah. that maybe you weren't aware of, they would say, who are you? Yeah. Right? But that is the trade on both sides of a spiritually minded person. Apollos is like, if there's more to learn about God, well, I want to hear it. You know, and so as teachers, as pastors, as even lay people, we can't get so into ourselves or so high-minded thinking, well, I, I've been doing this for 20 years or whatever, that we're not willing to listen to someone else talk mm. about some revelation they have from God, right? Wow. Yeah, one of the things I wrote down was that I want my spirit to judge the things I'm doing on a daily basis mm. and not my flesh. And it ties into what you just said when I'm looking to listen to maybe different sermons or pastors or people of authority, I want to make sure that I'm being spirit-led about who I'm listening to sure. and not just maybe using a celebrity or something that maybe they might try to talk to me about spiritual things and they may, might not know as much, and I just want to make sure I'm spirit-led about who I'm listening to. You know, it's interesting you say that uh, about uh, being spiritual-led. Some people, some celebrities, not in the Christian world, they have tapped into some spiritual truth that is true. about peace and about love and about yeah. you know uh, there being a spirit world, all true, but they haven't tapped into the one who makes it all real. Wow! And so we can get caught up in wow, this person says great things and and they're famous, so surely mm. they're right. But when we're spiritually led, we go, wait a minute, where are they getting this from? Because you know what is the what scripture are they using or what have you? Yeah. They're not, it's, it's a biblical truth that they've stumbled across, but they're not getting their teaching from the Bible. Yeah. They're just working on a shallow level of it and their, their own fame sometimes is yeah. what people are attracted to. And the hard thing about that is that it, it looks good at first, and so you just listen and you think, well, this is great. Like, I'll keep listening. And it kind of takes you off on a a different way that you didn't want to go or a different way of thinking and now you're like, oh, I feel I'm off from where right. I used to be. This, you know, I'm not where I used to be and it's because, well, they weren't being spirit-led about what they're talking about. They're just kind of using a natural kind of worldly way maybe to describe something that is spiritual and some of it could be true because there are natural ways to talk about things but right. if it's not spiritual, it's hard to follow. Yeah, and I think that's the danger that we get into if we're not, as you said, using, you know, uh, using the, the word to, daily check yourself mm. we we hear someone say 
you know, we should love each other. And you go, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And we should do this. Yeah, that sounds great. And then before you know it, they go, and then this. And you go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. And, but some people don't have the check, and they just keep falling them off the cliff, right? Mm. And, and that's the, uh, unfortunately, our world is so, you know, fame and, and celebrity driven yeah. that, that when someone's like, well, they have a thousand followers, well, a hundred thousand followers, they must be right. And it has that, nothing to do with that's it. That's so true. Right? So true. I mean, Jesus walked around with 12 guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has the secrets to the universe. Yeah. So we have to check against what the word says to, to know each decision. I think Pastor talked about a uh, spiritual-minded man is is checking every decision to see does it line up with the word. Mm. I think we were talking about you know it's it's kind of become commonplace, but the what would Jesus do? But it yeah. really is a pretty simple process. What would Jesus do? Yeah. What would he say to this? Would he say that you can live with your uh, girlfriend and not get married? Yeah, I don't think he would say yes to that. Yeah. Does he say that drugs are okay? No, I don't think he would say yes to that. Yeah, and it's just a simple check, without without even knowing a lot about where that scripture is in the Bible. It's just more of a right or wrong thing that, uh, in terms of the scripture. 